0: You're listening to Texas Slim's Vision, where we discuss food intelligence, the Texas Beef Initiative, and how to design an international lifestyle starting right here, right now. You don't want to miss this. And now, here's your host, Texas Slim.
1: Hey guys, it's Texas Slim here today. I'm with uh, quite a rowdy bunch. Uh, This is Texas Slim's vision. Uh, I've got a few guys with us that all of you know. We have uh, Phil and Nico from Simply Bitcoin and we have Shishi joining us as well. We did a cast with uh, Simply Bitcoin this past week. We brought a lot of uh, good intelligence. We didn't have enough time. We said, hey, let's break out and let's bring some new stuff to the table. Let's uh, let's create a longer conversation here and kind of... Really start uh, explaining kind of what each of us are really looking in as individuals in and a collective as a group. Um, hey guys, how are you doing? Everybody here? here?
2: Very good. Super okay. good. All right,
1: we're yeah, live. We just you know, did not having... want to step on yeah. each other. No, that's all right. Everybody, <laughs> everybody chatter. We're not going to do. We're not going to do any edits on this. We're going to go live. We're going to do this stream and we're going to stream it. So, how's everybody doing today?
3: <laughs> Man, happy to be alive. Another day, FUD in the war. Pretty epic. Right? That's right. Yeah,
1: it's before Thorne's night the and we're just hanging out. Cool. Uh, so... I wanted to talk of food intelligence, so we're just going to go straight into food intelligence and we're going to evolve into where that leads us. I sent you guys a little uh, report today and it was talking about basically how the fertilizer is, uh, the shortage is coming and what what what's going to happen because of that because i don't think people understand what happens whenever there's something in the supply chain that breaks down such as fertilizer that affects our grain that affects our feed that affects our cattle prices that affects our food industry so uh i'm going to start with you shishi because you're you're the farmer here so uh what do you think about that
0: (laughs) well you know it's it's something that uh I thought about when I started my little small plot, which is just like, I want to make all my own compost. And, um, after, after I successfully prove that I can do it on a small plot, I'm going to go bigger because I think there's a need for it. Um, but because of that, I don't really pay attention to fertilizer prices, right? Like for me, it's like non-relevant. It is relevant. Eventually when I go present, like hey, this is how like the economic value that you'd be saving if you did it yourself. So you can do some cost benefit analysis, right? But um, I'm not, I'm not, doesn't really affect me, right? So it's sort of interesting, but yeah, it affects definitely every single human being living in a, in a, in a city. Uh, that's for damn sure, you know, because you rely, you know, you're relying on the system working well and providing that excess. <clears throat> you know, we do throw away like what, 50% of our, of our food that we produce, um, at various stages of production. It's not all like ingredient level. Sometimes it's, uh, you know, somebody made some food like restaurants and stuff. Um, but, uh, it's pretty wild, you know, to see how, how fragile the system really is. Yeah, that's a good point about the waste that we uh, we do
1: uh, generate, and how they're they always use that against everybody. Like, hey, you're a bad consumer because you waste so much food. Um, we wasted a lot of food during the the beginning of the COVID, uh, but we call it. F- they call it food. I don't call it food really. It's, it's not food anymore. If it was whole food, it wouldn't get wasted. It's a byproduct of their waste that they create through the processing that they go through. So, and they say, oh, well, we got to feed the world. That's why we have to have this type of system. Well, that's just kind of bullshit. That's not true. And a lot of food that gets wasted is is byproduct waste. Um, I sent you a, a website today. And Phil, you you looked at that. And it's called org, And it's a tracking system of a lot of uh, food industries, uh, CEOs, a lot of different people. How are you going to use that tool?
2: um okay so you know what i i'm definitely gonna i can't help it i you know i like to i I like to stir the pot with the shit coins so i i'm definitely going to be going and using that to see how all these people are connected and where they're funneling their money because yes indirectly this is all connected, you know, even if it has, even if it seemingly has nothing to do with food, the money supplies are all coming from the same places, right? And they're all kind of funneling into these different things. And as we've shown, right, we see a lot of, sh- we, we've shown a, a lot of connections between shit coins and the ESG narrative. Right. And the ESG narrative does tie in with food, as we know, right? Because they're trying to get us not to eat beef, right? They're trying to get us not to eat meat. They've they've been creating this narrative. I mean, don't get me wrong, but like ever since I was a kid, I've heard the the narrative that milk is good for you, then it isn't. I've heard the narrative that eggs are good for you, then they're not. Okay. And now it's come to the point where beef, you know, beef was good for you, now it's not. But we all know it is. So this is a huge, you know, this is a huge giant scam, and I'm definitely intending on using that website to uh, to try to pull the pieces together. I was actually looking through some of the connections that that were there uh, that you showed, you know, between um, you know Monsanto and uh, well, there, there was another one that you had there, Syngenta, which I had never heard about before you mentioned them. right? And it's interesting, I saw them connected to a Northrop king, okay? Now, Northrop Grumman, um, is if I'm not mistaken, like a military contractor of sorts, I could be it wrong is. about that, but they no, are definitely right. tied um, heavily into the military industrial complex. So again, I, I know that there's a lot of these shell companies, they, they come, they set up and, and they're somehow all linked and this is how all the money moves around. So yeah, I'm excited to dive into into that site. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well everybody's uh they're gonna you have a new toy if you want to play
1: with it everybody out there it's called sis.org. so go get it uh learn how to use the tool and uh let's start uh you know everybody kind of tweet out their findings um nico i love to hear you talk you always have something fantastic to say um you know what are you what are you thinking about the food intelligence that we've been diving into because i know you're well informed you you and phil are always bringing something before it hits the airways we know that tell me your thoughts today on on where you are with everything that we've been discussing
3: i think it's awfully convenient i mean here's the thing right you know um the coincidences and the conspiracy theories, you know, you, you say they're conspiracy theories and then six months it ends up being a reality. So I don't think it's a coincidence really that, you know, this is the globalist agenda, right? The whole food thing, you know, the, they, they don't want you to eat, they don't want you to eat beef. They want you to eat bugs. You know, uh, they're trying to normalize you with the media lately. The fed released a post um, ABC, had an anchor on there saying you know maybe uh and this is all on purpose right because that's how media is media helps create narratives and you know the abc anchor i saw it this morning was essentially saying you know this is this might rub, rub off a lot of people in the wrong way but you know perhaps you can have an italian dinner and not have turkey this thanksgiving you know it's stuff like that that they're just trying to normalize you to this this new normal right and I don't think that's a coincidence that you know the world economic propaganda is essentially saying the same thing you know too much protein too much animal products is is a bad thing we need to move people to it's not even plants is that they don't even want you eating plants they want you eating bugs right and again that that's not that's not a narrative that's not a conspiracy theory that is stuff that they've released you know this is this is articles that they've released themselves now it's funny because the elites, you know, the people at the top, do. Do I think that ABC anchor is only eating bugs or, or, or is expected to eat bugs? Do I think that Bill Gates is only expected to eat bugs? No, but of course, you know, they us peasants are, you know, expected to do so. We're expected to get used to this new normal, right? So I think it's all part of, you know, I, I think it's all part of this plan that they have. Um, I, I think that this whole economic slash covid crisis that we're experiencing i think it's all in a way it's all kind of planned out um to uh to many people have called it by different names right it's it's uh you know it's destruction of the economy on purpose right so that they could you know centralize more and more power so um d- does this surprise me what you're telling me not at all um i heard a little bit on on the great vines but obviously you're a lot more well versed on it um because this is your field but uh but yeah i mean it listen uh it, You know, get emergency food, especially if you live in a big city. I know I already did. Right. Um, But I I think it's going to get a whole lot worse. And I think this is just one aspect of it. I'm talking about in general, the whole thing. I think it's going to get a whole lot worse before it gets better. These people are not going to hand over the keys lightly.
0: Can can I can I ask you guys a question, though? Can I ask you guys a question? Why? Why the fuck does Bill Gates and Mark Zuckerberg both look so fucking creepy? They just like they just give me to just look at them. They're lizard people.
3: That's why. was Hillary it, Clinton? Those uh, three together but,
0: in a room would just make me. I would. I wouldn't be able to sit there. I would just like throw up. I would start seizuring probably from just how grotesque it's just too much bad energy dude yeah that's what it is it's just it's so much like
2: it's just so much negative energy you're like you know what I don't need this (laughs) it really
0: changed their physiology somehow to all look like a reptile or some shit like I don't know that that, to me it's fucking wild like they just look evil I don't know if I was gonna make like a a evil like movie characters you know like I maybe just use their faces because it's just so perfect you know
3: I think Alex Jones said it best. They're demons, right? Just they're demons. You know that's what it is. And, and I'm not like I I would have saw that guy as a crazy person like two or three years ago. I was like that guy is a nut job. He has no idea what he's talking about.
0: But right now, well, being from Miami, well, being from Miami, we just need to go to a little Haiti and we're good. You
2: know? <laughs> he got a lot of things we'll right. Okay. To
0: he incites the the bad energy for us, you know. Do a little, you know. He didn't, he didn't get he didn't get everything right. But he
3: got a lot of things right. And I think he's spot on when he calls all these people, Phil calls them lizard people, I call them demons. I think he's right when he calls them demons. That maybe that, you know, kind of messes
0: up with really their appearances. In that I
1: that's one thing i want to bring up is because we always you know the other day i said you know hillary distraction uh hillary clinton was the distraction she is a distraction bill gates is the distraction uh zucker Cuckerbird is the distraction uh they do they look like freaking demons they look like uh, lizard people they have black eyes at certain times i don't know they they've changed throughout the years too have you guys I'll finish what I was going to say, then I'm going to this, but, um, basically, you know, I've studied Buddhism, I've studied Taoism, I've definitely am a strong man of faith. I'm not an organized religious guy, but I know people and they, they are based people and they say, what we have going on here is the spirit of the antichrist. It is a spirit out there that is hard to tag. It's deceptive (laughs) and it's like, yes, they are demons. So I'm going to go with (laughs) demons. <laughs> but uh, if you look at videos and they're hard to find, if you can find videos whenever Bill Gates was young and he was getting questioned by the government, he's sitting there and, I, and I'm not against autistic people at all. And I'm just going to have to use this because but he was he was he looked like, a, you know, somebody that was extremely strong. Sc- extremely confused he had no social skills and everything and to the person that he is now something went on with that man that was definitely engineered by something bigger than what, what we know because he was not he is not the same person because he used to basically get sued a lot he has many indictments across several countries in the world as well. I believe uh, Bolivia has an indictment against Gates. I believe that maybe uh, Peru, uh, India, of course, there's a lot of people that, you know, we don't see how how much damage he has done. So that's why I, I find that he is the distraction. He's a billionaire distraction that people can point fingers at. And I guess, you know, I don't know what they take to be able to function like they do because it's very demonic and it is it is weird. So, uh, you know, that's that's my two cents.
0: You know, it's interesting because right when they started the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, have it be so public. I used to you know I was pretty young and I was like, wow, like. Would be cool to like work for them you know you're working for the most like powerful like you know non-for-profit in the world and um and as the years went by every year that went by i'm like uh maybe not you know like like i don't want to be in that bad energy or whatever because uh i think once you do some third world travel you realize you can't just come and put your your western fiat nonsense like right on top of everything that they've built culturally the cultural aspect of it is so deep and like you're coming and trying to build like some like vanilla fiat city type experience you know and uh i think when people are so used to fighting for their lives like they don't want that they they want to choose everything to customize like their own lives you know and um that's why everyone's so wary of governments like in those areas and like it's hard to like actually ever trust governments for them like it's, it's fucking wild. And, um, it's interesting to see like, which normies still trust government. So I like, sometimes I'll go like on my, uh, Instagram, which is just normie land for me. And, um, I put a poll yesterday. I was like, Oh, do you still trust your government? Like, do you have faith in your government? And I, I know people from all around the world. Like, so it was just interesting to see that. And you can see like who votes, what, and it was like the most stark, poll i've done it was like 70 something percent don't trust the government and the few people that did were like very wealthy you know individuals so you know it uh just <laughs> goes to
2: show you the government is their enforcer right like that that's that's the thing right like that's that's
0: their you know that's like their police to a certain extent but like my friends know, the, did- exactly so like my friends in like the second and third worlds were like I definitely don't trust government. And a lot of people also in America now, like don't trust the government. Um, But the people that don't trust the government in America are from those second and third, you know, so it's like, where does that really start? Right. And um, the most American people obviously wrote, they still like the most, like, you know, I don't know, middle of the bell curve, I guess, type of thing, you know, you know, Oh, like America is the greatest country in the world. I'm a Patriot, that type of, you know, experience. Like I understand it. You know, I understand where people are coming from because like they see the other options and they've been there and it's just like, yeah, like you don't know what you have until you don't have it. But, um, trusting the government doesn't mean you don't love where you live or your neighbors or you know, everyone in the country. It's just means that the government's fucking you somewhere, you know, doesn't have to be like, so binary, like, Oh, I do, or I don't trust the government. You know, it could be more so that you just don't trust. Sorry. You do, or you, you aren't a Patriot. If you don't trust the government, that's the bullshit, you know, that's some propaganda. So it's just interesting to see where all this shit's going. Cause like, you know, Netflix puts out a series on Bill Gates and it's basically praising him, his efforts the whole time. You know, and they make him look like a fucking billionaire god coming to like reign prosperity on your country. You know? And it was the creepiest documentary I've ever watched, I think. So to
2: touch on that real quick. This, is, Shee this Shee. is kind of the problem, right? We we don't get any
1: Go ahead, Phil. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, just to touch on that Bill Gates right now.
0: I'm, oh, yeah, I, I was
2: just saying like this. All right,
0: why don't you two go? Rock, paper, scissors. Sorry, folks. We got Yeah, we got a delay. Go ahead, Texas
2: Slim.
1: <laughs> Sorry about that, guys. Uh, yeah, what we've got here, you just brought up Bill Gates and uh, Netflix. And uh, I just released a report, and I can share it back to you guys on Twitter a little bit later. But there's a report that over $300 million by the Gates shell companies and other people were basically – donated to all the media companies during COVID. Basically they hid their money to, and they gave all the media companies over 300 something million dollars. If you still think that any of the news media, any type of uh, entertainment platform is still uh, in the middle and is not biased, then, you know, bless your heart because they're bought and paid for. There's proof, there's no (laughs) denied it anymore. And so you go ahead and you watch your little whatever it is, your Hulu or anything that you need to watch and think that it's valid. Or if you watch the news anymore, the mainstream media, you just keep on being a rent seeker and and enjoy yourself because they're going to lead you down a line that you're going to basically uh, be captured by them mentally and emotionally. And so I just I had to I had to say that because I'll I'll re-release that report. It is a fascinating report. So you'll love it, Phil. And I'll let you take over here, Phil.
2: Oh, no, I I just wanted to add, right? Like uh, what, what Shishi was talking about, you know, and what you were just mentioning with Netflix. Okay, so, you know, we don't get any objective reports, right? Like we don't get like objective, really documentaries or something like that. Like people, people aren't actually meant to make up their own minds. Like we are not meant to actually make up our own minds. We'd like to believe that we are. But that's not actually what's happening. And this is, you know, this is part of, you know, the the plan of essentially, you know, goose stepping us down the line into getting a majority of people to think the same thoughts. I, I forget who said this. I forget where I read this, but um, it goes along the lines of, you know, if you read the same books as everyone else, you're going to think the same thoughts as everyone else. Yeah. And it may not be literal, but to a certain extent, it is correct, I think. And we are seeing this
0: play out in real time, unfortunately. And and I'll chime in a little bit here. Um, wait, wait, Nico, before you yeah. go in. Uh, but, you know, it's not if you read the same books as everybody else, because everybody else isn't reading any books, brother. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot, you're right. Yeah, they're well, just on I Instagram guess, or on TikTok. I are absorbing or the yeah, same yeah. information. You, you want to see else. you, you want to see people's attention spans? Go on TikTok. You want to see mental illness? Mental illness also? Go on TikTok. You know. So this, this is true. Yeah. So I'll
3: I'll chime in here a little bit. Um, so the example that I always give because we're living through a very interesting period of time, um, and I would say we're in the beginning of the transition between different eras, and I think social media really woke up a lot of people because for the first time you were able to communicate directly circumventing the gatekeepers um, it, Donald Trump was very successful in doing this you know part of the reason that he he won that surprise election in 2016 was because he was able to leverage the power of Twitter. To go around the media narrative that they were trying to paint around him. Um, you see the media narrative is super strong with trying to essentially market and convince you that this, you know, that this virus that really only truly affects the elderly. Like that's the people that should be concerned, people that have pre-existing conditions. But, you know, if if you're under the age of 50, even if you're above 50, because my my girlfriend's dad, he's he's 63. This guy's in great shape and he got over Rona in two days. Right. So it's really like, you know, a subsect of people that should, you know, be concerned, take a little bit more care. But media has convinced essentially giant swaths of the population that, um you should be fearful. You should be scared, right? This applies the same thing to climate change. You know, it's wait, like, Nico, Nico,
0: Nico, you said something interesting. You said age with COVID, but then you said, Oh wait, but my older family member who's in great shape, nothing happened. And I think that right there is like the key. They absolve you of all your They say, look, it's not your fault. It's a deadly virus. It's not your fault. It doesn't matter if you're obese or not. It's not your fault. Just stab yourself with this a magic vaccine that's going to make your health problems go away. No, it's your fault. You're probably unhealthy. You know, if 99% of the world population is surviving a virus and you're not, why, you know, why, why is that? That should be researched more, right? It's like CDC puts out 78% of all people hospitalized are overweight or obese. Well, and that's we, the same percentage as the obese percentage of the population, essentially. We, right? we, already, have, we already have enough data, like Texas, yeah. Sweden,
3: Africa, for example, Africa didn't even get yeah. vaccinated and they're doing just fine. They missed the COVID bullet altogether. But then you have countries like Germany and Austria, like literally mandating vaccines. You have Australia building literal concentration camps, getting people that live in the countryside, indigenous people, like forcing them to move into essentially concentration camps because it's really what they
0: are. Well, Nico, you say very interesting things about Africa, bro. And I don't want you to, to miss, like, I don't want that to be just brushed over because some people have a theory, including sometimes myself, honestly, like I agree with that theory in certain times that like the African people have had such a tough time with all the diseases that they've had to battle, you know, throughout the years, that their natural immunity over the next hundred years is going to outpace all of, all of us. Like they're hardened. You know what I mean? That's like a theory and it's not a bad one, you know? And also if they become somewhat organized, they have some of the most natural resources of any like landmass in the world. Right. So yeah, keep going. But I just didn't want that to be like so brushed over. Cause it's no, like it, an interesting it, thought, you know? Absolutely. <laughs> Africa is such a big continent. People forget because they
3: see the traditional world map and they don't realize it's completely those like Europe is a lot smaller than you think it is. And Africa is a lot bigger. Than you think it is uh, there's like a really good website you can search it on google like the actual sizes of countries but anyways uh the point is right is that i think that we've lived in a society especially the last century where a group of elites right have contr- have successfully controlled large swaths of their populations with a carefully con- uh con- uh crafted narrative, right? We only see that, you know, uh, being, you know, immigrating to America, right, uh, from a socialist country, right? You, You believe that that never happens here, right? That only happened in the Soviet Union, that only happened in communist countries. But right now, it's really starting to be exposed that the mainstream media that was supposedly independent media has been selling narratives, for decades, right? Uh, the, the example that I always give is weapons of mass destructions, right? It was uh, 2001, right? It's like, oh, you know, Iraq has weapons. That was all bullshit. That was promulgated by the New York Times, right? Um, back in uh, the early Soviet Union, there's something called the Ukrainian Holocaust and it was called the Homodor. And essentially that was when Stalin first took over. He made um, essentially... Um, when they run out of food and millions of people died in Ukraine. And when the New York times reported on it, right, they essentially covered up and it wasn't until the nineties that they really expose that the New York times covered up. They released an apology, but anyways, the, and this kind of reminds you of today, The reporter of the New York Times, and they made a movie about this recently, I forget the name, but the reporter of the New York Times from back then, it was the 1920s, 1920s and 30s, actually won a Pulitzer Prize, right? So it really reminds you of that. It's like these Pulitzer Prizes really just get awarded to the propagandists, the people that are feeding the narrative, and I think that it's social media that's really creating this. This rift. And I think that's creating the chaos that we see from the legacy financial uh, legacy media institutions, because they just don't know, like for the first time ever, like we are right now, anybody with the microphone, anybody with a camera is allowed to create their own narrative. And I think that's really dangerous to these people that are have used have been used to operating in a certain way for so long.
0: Yeah, and these are like subtle
2: forms of destruction,
0: Um, yeah, the Pulitzer prize is a credential, fiat credential, always any credential is corrupted because it's just so easy. It's just so easy. It's like, Hey, like, would you, like, I'm just asking if you gave like an inconsequential prize that was just ego driven and someone offered you money to like give someone a prize, the higher the number goes, the more likely you are to be like, fuck it. just took like one year's award. And then one year's award turns into every other year. And then, you know, it's not so hard. Right. So it's like that, you know, the whole idea of like Bitcoin leveraging like human greed, it's like, yeah, you're awarded only what you yourself work for. So it's like the award system is like uh, built in, which is Fair. like, yeah, it's just like, it's like, Oh, like you only have more wealth than me because you got it earlier than me. It's like, yeah, no shit. If you gave me a billion dollars when I'm 10 and I'm just investing it every day, versus somebody who gets it when they're 90, like obviously like I'm gonna have a longer time to grow it. So it's like, yeah, that's fair. It's called, it's called uh what do they call it? Price discovery. <laughs> right? Or compound also like, interest. Yeah, but it's also like wealth <laughs> discovery. Like, like, and that's like the whole idea of like coming into those third world countries early is that you're trying to like you're kind of like they're buying stock in something early so that when the, like the amount of wealth someone accumulates during their lifetimes, they own a percentage of it somehow, you know, and that's how they view us. They view us as like, a, like oh, how much is each person worth to the economy? And then how much can mm-hmm. we take from them? You know, it's literally their, all their models are based on that. Like it's fucking crazy. And they, and they share it with you. They don't care. They're showing you, they go, yeah, like yeah, COVID, it costs this much to the economy because it's that many people or whatever. And like, they, they do it all based on like farming. It's like, it's like literally the same way that farmers look at their crops, you know? And it's fucking weird. (laughs) It is weird weird to look at life in just that scope, right? We're just numbers. Like, that's what your life is worth. Just a number. No, dude, it's like worth more than that. It's like, right. You use the word priceless, you know? And there's certain things that are just being taken away from us that, uh, you know, it makes you appreciate that life's not just a number. Absolutely. And so the name of the guy, by the way, for anyone who's listening and wants
3: to know, his name is Walter Duante. And um, he essentially was responsible in the 1930s, I just looked it up, for essentially selling a narrative to the American people that the communist system was a working system and it wasn't responsible for millions of deaths in the Soviet Union. And it wasn't until an independent British reporter actually went to the Ukraine and actually snuck in there. He was assassinated by Stalin later. There's a really good movie. It's called Mr. Jones for anybody who wants to watch it. It tells the whole story. And it wasn't until essentially somebody released the truth that, and still the New York times didn't admit to any of this until the nineties. So that was like, what 60 years, you know? So and I, the reason I'm saying this is I just want to make the analogy of till today. Right. So everyone takes all the legacy media sources as like verbatim this is true this is this is a fact right the example with bill gates and netflix disney released a special on fauci right just because these giant media corporations is, are wait is yeah. that is that is that a fact fact yeah. fact
0: like disney disney released yes. it Wow, you, can,
3: you can go to Disney Plus and you can watch a Fauci documentary it's on that Geo, which Disney acquired, and it'll make you want to throw up. And it's funny All because right. if you go to Metacritic, where the people review, because, you know, I used to the, how movie critics used to operate, right? Where it's a movie critic would give you the review of the movie. But now that you have the advent of the Internet, you have millions of people, essentially the free market rating the movie themselves. The actual review is like one or two and then the critic review is like 10 so it's like you see the elites the narrative that they want you to swallow versus the people and they're telling you the truth right but i, I think that the internet really really messed up the game for them and i think that they're trying like a like a drowning person they're trying to like stay on top of it what like at all means like they don't care censorship propaganda, whatever, but I suspect, right? And again, this is a big prediction, this is speculation, but I suspect that when this is all over, a lot of people are gonna be in trouble, a lot of legacy media careers are gonna be completely over, it's done. I I don't think, for example, CNN or any of those, I, I don't call them mainstream media anymore because they're not. Every day, less and less people really believe in them. The mainstream media is us it's the people it's the people that are able to communicate directly with each other right they're the corporate legacy uh, corporate many uh, legacy government media that's the real name that you should be calling these people because that's what they are right and every day more people wake up so i really hope they keep on lying at the rate that they're lying because that really just helps us and it really just helps people wake up more You know, so let's see how this all turns out. But if history is a teacher, history will not be kind to these people. It's not even us. It's just history, and just when when all the dust settles, it ends up being us. But
1: yeah, (laughs) you talk about uh, Bill Gates and everything. Well, he's he's now uh, you know he's been proposing for a long time. We were talking about Africa. You know, they want to start monocropping in Africa now. That's their big plan to you know, help with starvation. And as they're monocropping in Africa and destroying the soil in Africa, then you brought it up earlier, Nico, that we'll, we'll be growing food that it's not even we don't even use soil anymore. And so if you want to look at it in the big picture, watch Bill Gates, watch Africa, their movements on Africa, and watch our agricultural world in the United States. It's also easy to see if you build that algorithm. And you can look at their their wordings their signals they 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 paint a picture that is very easy to see if you know what to look for
0: that's super interesting you said that uh slim because uh when i was looking into africa i was like all right what's their main issue so i'm traveling around going to all different types of countries asking people doing some research reading like all the historical studies and issues there. And um, it's actually the ability to store water for when there's no rain. So like, that's like the number one thing in inhibiting uh, families in sub-Saharan Africa from uh, venturing out of the vicious poverty cycle, which for them ends up in death, right? Like early death um, and just like famine and starvation, right? And it's not because they don't grow enough food. It's just the idea of, water storage so when you centralize that food supply what you're actually doing is not really helping them but you're like siphoning off profits for a future city that you're going to build you know and as cities get built out over there you know there's going to be someone to profit from them but like the main thing actually is just water storage so they're going to ruin their soil when they could just like easily you know if somebody wanted to really like do something in africa it would be like help them store water so that when they don't go bust, because the whole idea of like, it's weird, you go over there, you know, and you see what you read and what you see, everyone lauds these like central, centrally planned interventions. It's weird, like why? Like why, like we applaud that. It's because we don't have to do the work, right? If we know that there's like a government out there, doing the work for us, we can still be shitty people and do nothing and just waste our lives doing nothing basically, you know? And in that case, that's like why like the whole fiat city, the whole thing makes sense to most people because it's like they can just outsource 100% of everything, right? You can make your money doing nothing basically if you wanted to, you know, posting. There's like, there's not much proof of work that you need. Not every single person who gets rich gets rich off of proof of work in the fiat system, right? Like we know that. So it's just like, it's another way to just like pay away your problems but uh yeah interesting stuff
2: it's you know what for in in terms of the uh, in terms of monocropping, right if we take a look at the disadvantages of it right you you, you can kind of see why at least for me anyways from the tinfoil hat perspective i i could see why that this narrative is being pushed as something to do out there because it damages the soil quality right it, it forces you to use more fertilizers it it, it as a result, you also end up using pests you know more pesticides, herbicides. like it's like, who's this benefiting, right? like let's zoom out let's let's zoom out and take a look. like I know that it definitely I'm sure that in some way it benefits Monsanto, you know, like I'm sure that somehow they're involved in that, you know like uh, there's you know there's all those there's also um uh, what's it called um there's the Miracle Grow Company, which again I'm not bashing them or anything like that, but they are one of you know one of the biggest suppliers of fertilizer and 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 all you know the um, uh, what's it called um, all the different types of uh, of soil, right? So growth mediums. That's it. The growth medium. So that's the industrial sludge version, though.
0: It, there yeah. you go. Exactly. Yeah. Like I don't know anyone who who would like. Intentionally use that stuff, you know what I mean, right? But yeah, but like, it gets marketed everywhere, you know. Yeah, what I mean? but, yeah, but you saw you saw now what's happening. Like the pendulum swings back, and when we swing back, it swings back hard. You know, they're supposedly taking Roundup off of shelves finally, off of uh, in Lowe's I and Home Depot. You know, you know what that is, dude. You walk into Lowe's and Home Depot, and the amount of shelf space they had at one point it was like, dude, like you whoa, and you see people, everyone putting it in their carts. You're like, dude, these people are literally taking this home to poison themselves. This is amazing, and they're paying for it. It's not the fucking, they, it, dude. They have to pay for it. They have to go. They have to get it. They have to spray it. They have. To, there's. They have to proof of work themselves to death. It's like they're working for for to be a sl- your slave, your slave. You don't even know what you're doing anymore. Nobody ever took care of plants with poison in history. Nobody, dude. I'm talking nobody like I can't find it in one history book where they're like, you know what, dude, this shit. Let's we know it's it's yeah, it's not the best, but let's do it. No, they're like, what's the best way to grow food to have? Because, dude, soil is resilience, dude. Right. And like they're, they're talking about climate change when we should be talking about just resilience in general to anything that can happen. Right. And so like they, they give you these models. They say, hey, fucking. Oh, it's a one in 100 year flood. It can only happen once every 100 years. That's what they tell you. That's what they feed you. But the actual statistic says it can happen 1% chance every year. That's very different than a one in 100, one in 200. And these fucking idiots only plan for a 1%. Dude, a 1% failure rate every year is really fucking bad. Like, it's really fucking bad in certain scenarios. New Orleans with their dams, you know? Uh, you know, there, there's just so many of these, like certain bridges, certain the the way we build certain buildings, you know, like uh, my friend uh, lived in that building in Miami Beach that collapsed, you know, um, and you just see the whole fiat world crumbling like that. It's just fucking crazy. Like, wow.
3: I think that these people are just. I heard I forget where I heard this quote but it goes something like this right Uh, you can only bend reality so much for so much and for so long before it just snaps right back at you and um, man who said that quote is an amazing quote but the point is is that I think that these people you see it you see it in their eyes like this isn't just speculation we were talking about this earlier you see it in Zuckerberg's eyes you see it in Bill Gates eyes they're they're literally they're like they're lifeless their eyes are lifeless right it's really what they are and and i really think that comes from playing god these people are playing god you know and and and, and you see it right you you see it by the 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 decisions that they make the decisions that they don't want us to know right because they're like we don't want them to know which inherently tells me that they know that they're deci- they're not ethical decisions right so I really think it stems from this. I, I really think that, you know, and, and Slim, you, were, you, you touched upon this earlier, right? Um, so I am spiritual myself also, and I, I'm not a big fan of organized religions either. But I, I really think that the world right now is experiencing a world war between good and evil. Like, I really think that's what this is right and the the you know the the globalists the people like these people are just the fiat system and the continuing effect has convinced these people that they're absolute geniuses that you know their their methods of accumulating wealth are completely kosher they're amazing right and it's give them a full sense of you know superiority and that i could do it better than you can do it for yourself and i think that that's that's really like, you know, it's generalizing the huge issue. But I think that a lot of the problems just stem from that simple idea, their belief in themselves.
1: Yeah, 100%. I And you know, I think in like visuals and I like to try to paint a picture sometimes with my words. And what I, you know, I, I brought up Source of the Seed from the very beginning when I started writing. And I want people to visualize this. If you if you get to the source of the seed look inside the seed if that if that purity of that seed is corrupted at the very beginning of its time as it's always been for thousands of years okay if it is deceived the source of the seed is deceived then everything that follows that seed from then on out is deception Deception in the plant, deception in the grain, deception in the processing, deception in the food product, deception in the consumption from animal to human, whatever it is, that path of that follows. Well, the reason the source of the seed has been deceived is because of false value. When did this start? Mostly, that we know is our lifetime, our generations was after 1971. We had to create false value In our monetary system like we had never done before everything that followed that false value of that false monetary system was based on deception so if you look at it like that and if you're able to visualize that everything that that touches is going to have deception tied to it what we as bitcoiners i think see collectively is we start seeing truths it is a protocol into truth that we haven't had access to before so anything that we look at we go I'm breaking that down different now. I'm able to actually see the source of the seed of that over there, like I've never been able to see before. Be it with our food, be it within our architecture, within our water supplies, within our vehicles, with anything, our education, our institutions, our corporations, it is not that hard to see because now I have the protocol that allows me that portal into that truth that I've never considered before.
0: You know, speaking of religion, I think, uh, and Bitcoin, I actually, uh, think like Bitcoin is, is, is very similar to the Jewish religion, you know? So internet wanting to do business with other Bitcoiners, like wanting to do like, just keeping it in the, like, just supporting each other. You know, we want to build mesh networks and mesh it out. You know, we want to like trade with each other, you know? And I think that, um, you can see that like, uh, you can get you can take really good historical lessons of survival from things that have lasted a long time, you know? And I think like taking the best out of everything and leaving the rest, you know, is a, uh, is a good model. I'll, I'll take a, I guess a similar, or I guess
2: similar, but slightly different path. Um, you know, it, it Bitcoin, you know, in terms of like, and I hate to I hate to talk about like religion and Bitcoin, um, but I I do. I'm also I'm, you know, spiritual person, you know, like I I believe in something greater than myself. You know, I believe in something greater than ourselves. I believe we came from something, whatever that thing is. I don't need to, you know, imagine a physical being that looks like me or anything like that. I couldn't care less. Um, But what Bitcoin represents is that single truth that single truth at the core and Bitcoin does it through mathematics. And that is like, that—that that is the universal language. Um, you know, math, anyways, to me, anyways, and it's not, I'm sure to me, but smarter people than me, you know, math is the universal language of truth. And so in, in that sense, right, it's, you know, it's like, it is the, the one single, I guess we'd say the one single truth where in terms of the monetary system, right, where all future truths can derive from.
0: Anyways, well, yeah, that, that's the that's the interesting part about uh like the Judeo Christian religion in general is that it's based on these like Ten Commandments, right? Like and like it's everything from there is like supposed to be good. Like he like it just kind of rolls into what Texas was saying about the seed. When the seed's good, like when you have good intentions, the rest of the decisions you make follow suit, right? And so it's like with Bitcoin, you see people getting into Bitcoin and all of a sudden caring about where their food comes from, all of a sudden opening their eyes to certain things, you know. And so, cause it's like, they're not starting from a seat of deception where, you know, when in their normal lives, they're starting from a place where they got bad information, right? Like dude, talking to my family about being, I'm the only unvaxxed individual in my family, you know, and that spans continents. My family doesn't all live in one place, you know? And so, and that's like probably not good too, right? That I'm not face to face with these people all the time that I care about to interface with them, but they're getting fed bad information for sure, you know? Cause they, and these people are super healthy. They never, don't need any of that shit, you know? Um, and it just, it's just crazy, dude. It's crazy. But those are, yeah, I, th- I just think that's why it's like a good comparison. So like, it's not to compare like religion and all its negatives, but it's like, what good came out of it? what 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 is similar? Where can we see that success happen? And I think like with Bitcoin, it happens naturally, you know? And it's because of exactly what Texas was saying. It's like from the seed, you know? And I love it that like, even how we protect our wealth, we call it the seed. The BIP39, 24 word seed, right? Like that is like very intentional. Like I love it. And people are like, oh, we should change the word to be more descriptive. And I'm like, fuck you.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how yeah. much more descriptive does it get than that? See, this is the problem, right? Like that's, Shishi, you just outlined such a great problem people don't even understand the intricacy of that word. They don't even know what it means. You know, <laughs> and it's such a simple word. We, we've simple. lost that.
1: <laughs>
3: yeah, <laughs> Like, I, I, you know, and I think that's why, and I think a lot of people and I, look, the psychological effects of Bitcoin are fascinating. And, and, and Slim, you touched upon it a little bit, Phil, you touched upon it a bit, Chishi, you touched upon it a little bit, right? It's, you know, Bitcoin, unlike the rest of the shit coins, right, which you see a lot of fiat culture and shit coin and shit coin culture. It's very similar. I would say it's like it's like fiat culture magnified by 100. That's really what I see in shit coin culture. Right. It's like if you buy this, you know, you're going to get rich. It's like overnight. It's like, wow, where does that remind you from? You know, it's like um, but the similarities are, are striking. And I think that Bitcoin does it in such a like uh, a fascinating way. Proof of work right it's it's anchored to reality you can't lie to Bitcoin because it's like literally it's 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 anchored to reality by energy right and a lot of these shit coins right I, I think that and I and I know a lot of people can't admit this right it's that like what is the flaw in the fiat system it's the human element right you know even it it, it can it could stand it, you know it, it it could it's it like with the noblest you know it's started with bread and woods it was anchored to gold right and then in 19, you know, and then over the decades, the system gets corrupted. And if you look at history, humanity has made this mistake many times. And the, you know, the rabbit hole that I'm currently going through was the downfall of the Roman empire. And what's striking is that they did exactly the same thing. They debased the money. And then over time, the society the the you know the society corrupted like the like the eth- the ethics of the society it's the same thing right so i wonder how much of like how much of the downfall of a great empire or a great society is connected to the moral or, or to the decay of the money right it's like the more you debase the money the more disconnected that money gets from reality and then as soon as, soon as you switch your unit of account, as soon as you switch to Bitcoin, you're looking on the other side and you're like looking at those people and you're like, those people are crazy. Those people are are, are in La La Land. And in a way, you're right, right. But is it and I and I really think it's only because, right, we're looking behind the the force field of Bitcoin, right? We're looking from the place of Bitcoin. We're looking back at the fiat analog world and we're saying those people are insane. I know we're right, but it's like like I, And I, the, the reason that I think Bitcoin is different from the gold standard or, or whatever is that I think that because Bitcoin is connected to reality by proof of work or anchored to reality by proof of work, I, I think that that will always be a check. That will always be a check on if we start to debase them or if they release, you know, a paper like, oh, here is a, a, you know, a paper version of your one Bitcoin. Right. But with Bitcoin, you always have a chance to, to take that self-custody. And by taking that self-custody, the truth gets revealed. Right. So I think I, I, I think that this is a really historic moment. I think that human beings are going to be looking back at this and saying, how the fuck did people live before Bitcoin? Like they won't understand it.
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a good point, Nico, and you brought up the, you know, the Roman empire and everything. And I do a lot of reference back there as well. And I was referencing, I was researching one day and with a friend and I found a a quote out of St. Augustine's book, City of God. And I used it in one of my blogs in the beginning. Then I used it in the harvest of deception, but it goes like this. It says, let the poor court, the rich for a living and that under their protection, they may, may enjoy sluggish tranquility and let the rich abuse the poor as their dependents to minister to their pride let the people applaud not those who protect the interest their interest but those who provide them with pleasure and you know i embedded it in that article and in, most people would maybe think that that's talking about today but that was 2000 years ago and that was about the fall of rome when the barbarians had invaded Rome and they went and, you know, most people hid in the churches with the Christians. But looking at that, you look at our society today, how society is right now. And there's such a comparison that it just, it's, you know, crazy.
3: I, I think that people to add to your points, Slim, I think that people really don't understand how like they think that human beings are different because we have different technology and different whatever, but the human, like the human, the the reaction, the morality, it's exactly the same as it was 2000 years ago. Nothing has changed. The only thing that has changed is technology, right? Whereas like, why did we stop killing each other with wars? Right? Like why did, you know, national wars stop being a thing? It wasn't because we outgrew it morally, it's because we invented a weapon, you know, a nuclear bomb that it, that wars aren't no longer practical because you're just gonna destroy everything on earth. right? That's the only reason we started fighting national wars, right? So morality hasn't really changed for human beings, right? And I think that a lot of people get caught up where it's like, oh, we have all this modern technology, this laptop, the internet. you know it's like social media, especially TikTok, Instagram, those are like essentially like social nuclear bombs. Right. It's like think about it. It's, it's driving driving all these dopamine receptors of all these people. Absolutely insane. People get addicted to it. I know that I'm pretty addicted to Twitter. Right. So it's like I think that my point is that. We are repeating the same cycle that we've repeated over and over and over and over and over, and over again. But this time it's different. And I think this time is different because. The money that we use, the base layer of the world that we are going to use, that I believe the world is going to use, will always be anchored to the truth because it's always going to be anchored to reality by proof of work. So it's going to be very difficult if we keep using Bitcoin to sway or to get far away from it, right? With the gold standard, you couldn't have made that argument because gold wasn't really easy to store, right? If I wanted to send you millions of dollars worth of gold, it wasn't very practical, I would have to put it in a, you know, in a, in a safe and transport it, you know, but with Bitcoin, that changes everything. You know, you could memorize 12 words and you could store billions of dollars in your mind. Right. it really changes the game for the individual. Right. So I'm super, I know that we're going through some dark times, but I'm, I've never been so bullish on the future.
0: Well, you said something super interesting about gold, right? Um, well, obviously over the past 50 years or whatever, if you put your family on a gold standard, you won. You know what I mean? Like, and that is just a fact. So look at anything. Compare gold over the last 50 years. Obviously, Bitcoin is a newer invention. So let's just put that to the side for a second. Cause like, I think it just shows how good hard money works when it's the hardest money available. Right. Cause to go hard, you have to go the hardest. <laughs> Any one wrong lower will just be a little bit, will be worse, you know? So, and it'll be a lot worse because the, the stark difference between the hard and the hardest is everything. So, um, because when people choose money, they choose one, they don't choose 10. You don't hold 10 currencies in your bank accounts uh, ever. You just like are like, all right, like, you know, I want the, the, you know, even people in Zimbabwe want the, they store their $100 bills, right? So, um, I think with gold, it's not only harder to send millions of dollars, buy a coffee. Go shave off your gold. Go trade your car. Co- it's just like irrelevant. You know what I mean? In a digital world, it's like, yeah, like good luck. You know, um, people want to the hardest money, but they also want to spend their money. <laughs> you know, that's one thing that you'll never take from a human is the ability to use his time, right? And gold kind of takes that away a bit, right? And um, you know, the idea of obviously never selling Bitcoin is great, but You know, you can at least take a loan against your Bitcoin by clicking two buttons. Like it's really, that's a very liquid, very spendable money, but also you can hold it forever if you want. It's like very hard, the hardest, right? And I think like that aspect of like a hard money standard, like where would we, like they actually like stole our time, right? You look 50 years, imagine if we were on a gold standard for 50 years and then, and then Bitcoin came along, it would have been a much slower monetization process. Still would have been harder, still would have worked, still would have taken the premium from gold, but it just would have slow, would have been a slower process, right? And as we see that speed up, when you see the money break, it breaks the spirit of people but the pendulum swing swings back every time. I, I mean, Rome, you can, like you said, like nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. Uh, but when I see like people get corrupted by money and and, and I can see that happening like till the end of time, you know, even with a hard money standard, like gold didn't prevent certain corruptions from, from happening, you know? Um, and I think that'll be forever. It's just like human experience is funny like that.
1: Yeah, that's a it's, it's so true. <laughs> and we're, we're, let's talk about let's go back to like what are we doing now as individuals? I mean, every everybody here is is extremely based in their own right and what they're doing. Um, what my my expertise and everything that I'm bringing, in is, you know, I'm, I've created the the Texas Beef Initiative because I want to decentralize food. I want to provide pure protein and nutrition to our brains and the way that you do that is basically decentralizing everything that we've had to grow up with that was destroyed uh, during our our ancestral times that basically got us here in the first place. It's a tall order, but I I look at, you know, the Texas Beef Initiative, I I focus on cattle. I focus on cattle because I'm in Texas. We have the most cattle in the United States per state. And so it's the thing that I should, you know, I should do, you know, there's people out there that need to do the Florida Fish Initiative. or whatever it is, it's about nutrition to our brains. And you, somebody brought up earlier about, you know, what the newspapers are saying right now as far as, you know, Thanksgiving and how they're really spinning that. I saw something the other day, like the St. Louis Fed said that, uh, you know, you should buy a tofur- tofurkey instead of a real turkey because it's cheaper. I mean, the marketing plan is hitting hard. And I looked at the local newspaper today just to see, Sure enough, the local newspaper, well, it's owned by USA Today. So everybody across the United States that basically is owned by the US Today through a shell company got to see that you shouldn't be eating what we've been eating up now. We have to decentralize our food in a way that nobody's thought about really. And if they have, it's kind of been on the fringe or whatever it's been, you know, maybe even based around conspiracy or preppers or all that kind of stuff. But I'm here to tell people. And I want people to understand this shit is coming and they're going to take your nutrition away from you. I think it was on Cedric's uh, podcast, The Bitcoin Matrix. We're going to have a short term food supply shortage. It's coming. It's happening. It's going to play out. Don't know how bad each city is going to be different across the United States. But the long term plan and goal is to, to, to do a nutritional shortage starvation that is a drip approach that will affect our strength our power our mental abilities to be the best that we can and the only way that we're going to do that is to being closer to our food in a decentralized way get on board and get ready to change your lifestyle a bit, and hopefully the Texas Beef Initiative, people will come to that as a guiding light. I'm going to do my best with it. And, you know, what are you guys' thoughts on on how you're living, how you're going to move forward with your food supplies? You know, what do we need to discuss more that I'm not bringing to the table because I think I've brought a lot of awareness, and I want everybody to, you know, chime in and, you know, you know lead to the conversation that it benefits all of us.
0: I'll just jump in really quick. Um, I have some quick fire thoughts on, on this. Uh, I think it's the same thing with the money. When you put your family on a hard money standard, you get the benefits of that. When you put your family on a uh, verified food standard, you get the benefits of that. And the consequences of your food are dire, literally. <laughs> you know, It's a difference between getting cancer and not. It's a difference between living longer, healthier and not. And um, it's about maximizing your potential. You know, Bitcoin's about maximizing your potential. Food is about maximizing your potential. And that's why I love the word maximalist. You know, and it's like a food. Like it, you'll just see the difference. You know, it's all proof of work, right? If you don't want to do it, that's fine. But the family that does do it is going to see the benefits. You know, their kids are going to be much healthier. Their kids are going to be much stronger. You know. You know, um, uh, one of the great quarterbacks, Steve McNair, they used to call him country strong because he could bench 200 and something pounds without ever having touched a weight before. They kept putting more weight and he was laughing at them. You know, he's like, I do this on the farm, you know? And uh, it's just different, you know? Like you're just built different. And like, I wish I grew up that way. But because I am i haven't, I've seen the stark difference. Like I want it, like I don't want anything else. But yeah, it's like, put your, put your family on on hard all the way, all the way down. So I have a, I have a question for you, Texas.
3: Cause I think she, uh, she had a hell of a hell of a, a thing. So we're going through essentially the revolution of money, right? You know, we're living through it. Bitcoin, this Bitcoin, that how and I see it. Like I see it in, and again, I'm not involved, but I, the writings on the wall I see localism rise very quickly after that. And I see that especially I see people, you know, just buying local. And it's just this this giant industrial farm system that we have now. I see that shrinking over time. I think it's already reached its height. I see that just retracting. Maybe I'm talking
1: shit. Maybe I'm looking at it from the Bitcoin lens. But. What do you think, Texas? No, I think you're right. I think it's hard to see through the fog and through the, the bullshit, basically, to use a good word for it. But um, actually, I think that let's give an example of where, you know, small town Texas for me, you know, we right now, most of our produce comes from hundreds of miles away. That's, that's not what it used to be. It used to come within a 60 mile radius. And it was it was easy. It was done collectively, and it was it was a localization that was actually, at the time, it probably felt that it was a big distance. What they're globalist in the global food group is doing right now, and I want everybody to really understand that they're not as powerful as everybody thinks they are, because they're only they have to rely on us. They have to rely on manipulation, and what they're doing is basically. They're desperate because they are doing a food supply reset for a reason is because they know they cannot profit off the sludge they've been feeding us that has got us to where we are from being metabolically bankrupt basically as a nation. So they're they're going all out. I mean, they're going to do this, but I see a lot of people, especially this is why we have to start it in the Bitcoin world. We have to bring the people that are already doing the decentralized food because there's tons of it out there. Where I am in my part of Texas, they already have collectives. They already have food organizations. They already have food shed operations. It's out there. We're just not seeing it yet. The localization has already begun. And what I'm trying to do is bring it to the Bitcoin mindset mindset and saying, guys, we're not starting from scratch here. It's out there. We just got to go educate them on Bitcoin. And then they can educate us on decentralized food processing or not processing, uh, uh, basically production that they've been doing some of them all their life. My food process, my uh, producer, his name is Justin. I did a, a, a podcast with him. This is all he's ever known was decentralized, localized food that's all he knows it's in his, it's in his blood it's in his dna that's all his family's ever done and so he's really educating more on the global side of things he's educating himself on bitcoin cuz he loves the idea of storing his value in ways and so all of this is already out there we just got a bridge that's what we are as bitcoiners we're we're bridging the gap that is is there and it's very powerful and my my guy uh, down in austin uh called the that owns knc cattle he's an executive vice president of a local bank he's actually a professional rodeo team roper he has the first cattle company in the state of texas that is accepting bitcoin well guess what he's building a mesh micro processing station out there in central texas to where he can process 250 cattle a week and There's probably 20 people in line wanting to know how to build these processing plants in the state of Texas. My next month is going to be educating people on how we're going to do it, how this is moving forward. You want to talk about localized power. You want to talk about, okay, look over here. This is your beacon now. Point your compass right here. You don't have to eat beef but look how we're doing processing plants in the state of Texas, getting away from the four major processors that we're dependent on. That's a bottleneck to you getting pure nutrition to your brain. People focus their compass on this beacon. You want to talk about localization mindset. Well, guess what? That localization mindset is going to go into a decentralized protocol called Bitcoin. And that's where we are. And I think it's going to be very powerful and it's going to happen very fast. In the year 2022, the food systems for my local area in which i reside is going to be totally different and i hope in the state of texas and i hope everywhere else that there are bitcoins because everybody's going to leverage and we're going to scale the texas beef initiative the localization the decentralization of it into a mindset that everybody can use there's power behind it we've got people on board and you know the next six weeks is going to be kind of fun releasing all the information that i've been compiling last this this past year
0: It's interesting you say that, Slim, that you're doing all that work because um, it seems to me that there's going to be a great shift of uh, economic power. Because, like, if you ask me, like, who should be the richest people in society in terms of proof of work? Like, who should those people be? Like, the people most wealthy produce people? Or, people like, don't produce. Know, like, or, or, or should they be wealthy? Like, forget most wealthy, forget ranking anything, but just like, where should people put their money? And it's like, yeah, if everyone just starts looking for, for these things, they're going to. Uh, if everyone starts looking for higher quality produce, that means there'll be a backlog of demand, meaning that there'll be more people wanting to enter the space. And just in general, like I don't see people wanting to eat sludge. I don't see people wanting to eat tofurky. I don't even know what the fuck that is, you know, (laughs) because even the fucking like whole foods, plant-based people that I know, they're like, that shit is cancer. And I'm not eating that shit. You know, they're like in it, for like whole you know like people who eat whole foods regardless of what you're eating that's the way you know like don't eat a fake turkey that's fucking weird you know that's creepy actually it's fucking creepy whatever so Mm -hmm. um but yeah i mean i just see like if like what are you doing to make farmers rich essentially if you think they should be right are you going to the supermarket or are you going straight to them and that's always like the the age-old question of like convenience Right. And it's like, uh, I think, uh, Russell Okung, right. The NFL player who like, uh, was the first guy to take his salary in Bitcoin. Um, and he quickly became like the highest paid player at his position because of the appreciation. (laughs) Right. It's (laughs) fucking crazy. Um, yeah. And he, uh, he said, he tweeted out one time, he said, I can't believe how much convenience used to play in my, uh, decisions on how I spent my money. And he's like at the farmer's market you know, and this is like post him uh, hyper Bitcoinizing himself, you know? Um, and uh, I just see, I, you know, I got to meet him and, and this dude is awesome, you know, and, and he, he, he he gets it. Like, how can convenience even play that big of a role? Obviously, it's a small role, but I'm saying like, how can it play such such an outsized role on how you spend your time? Because that's all you're doing. You went, you worked for money, spent time and you're going to spend your time With the number one thing being convenience, that's the shift that I see happening. People saying, okay, like, you know, I have, I I don't have to, it doesn't have to come from a plastic uh, encasing somewhere. You know, it can be straight from the farmer or I can, you know, get my information straight from a pleb or I could, you know, like you said, decentralize it all, you know, and it's all happening and it's all fucking crazy because everyone gets to the point on the road at a different time. Like- (laughs) I, it's weird like that. Yeah,
2: I'm sorry, man. I you guys mentioned tofurkey twice, so I, I just I, I have to I, I have to at least explain this. So uh, one one of my one of my wife's friends is you know like a just uh, she's a vegan, okay, and or vegetarian or I don't understand the difference. Anyways, there was I went there for Thanksgiving, and there was tofurkey. And let me tell you, I starved. Okay. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I I tried it, but it was just. It was honestly. It, it, you you feel, you feel like you're eating sludge. Okay, and also I just want to add, I've also even tried the uh, the Beyond Burger stuff. Like I've I've tried a, because I'm sorry, I'm extremely curious. I've also eaten dog food. I don't give a shit. Okay, like like <laughs> I will try it Yo, because what's or with or simply
0: Bitcoin. Nico eats dogs in China, and you and. <laughs> <laughs> but
2: look, all I'm saying is is that you try these things and they're disgusting. Okay, I've tried the Beyond Burgers. I I followed all their instructions. All of this stuff, dude. At the end of the day, Beyond Burger sucks trying to convince you that it's not play-doh it's not it it's, it's, it's beyond
0: it's beyond play-doh <laughs> yo i didn't understand i didn't understand i tried it, the beyond burger and I never had it again. like i took one bite out of it and i was like that shit like i don't I, dude i even i'm telling you i talked to people who are uh, plant-based and i'm like i'm like you eat veggie burgers and they're like yeah we eat veggie burgers that we make at our house with like peas and like you know whole yeah. b- beans and like whole food shit and they're yeah. like why would you want it to t- like like I didn't like it's weird marketing it's marketing actually for people who eat meat that feel guilty about it so they like reduce their meat consumption with it that's kind of like the main place that I see it because I open people's fridges very nosy (laughs) Open people's fucking fridges when I go to their house some people's mom like even people's like parents houses and like I've had people's moms be like uh can I get you something? I'm like, no, we're good. I'm just just checking you out. I get to know people from the fridge. You know what There's I mean? No shame. <laughs> <laughs> no, I want to get to know you. I want to see who you're, what you're about. Let me open your fridge. You know, tell me about it's your very fridge. telling. You know, it's very telling. You know, um, if, it, if it's all organized with like Gatorades and like a bunch of shitty food, I'm like, all right, you really care about like aesthetic but you'd like literally are like feeding yourself like poison, but okay. You know? And it just, it just shows me like where you're at. Like if I opened your fridge and I saw a bunch of fucking whole foods, I'm like, all right, this person is on another level compared to the norm. You know?
3: So, I mean, I, I, like, I want to tie this into what Slim was saying earlier when Slim, you said that it was corrupted at the seed. Right. And if you think of the name, Beyond whatever, beyond uh, the, beyond, the barter, like, beyond me, the name is already a lie. It's already starting you up with the lie, right? It's 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 like already teeing it up. It's a lie from the get go. So it's exactly what you said, and I think that's really going to stick with me. What you said, everything under that is going to be a lie as well, right? So I don't think these companies would exist on a B, on a Bitcoin
1: standard. I think these companies exist as a result of a fucking fiat standard. Well, let me tell you where this is going with the Beyond Meat, because we're talking about you know fake meat based on what they call vegetable proteins and stuff from pea protein and soy protein and everything. Um, let's take this a step further that people really aren't understanding at this time. This is just the first stage of the fake meat. Now what they're doing, they're doing stem cell production of meat to where you'll never eat the cow, you'll eat a stem cell, and they call it from the cow, and where they can produce and they can harvest a stem cell. And they will put it into a factory, put it into a petri dish, and then after, voila, there's a company out of Israel now that can produce about 1,200 pounds of meat per day, and they're scaling that out big time this last year just alone this last year they spent 300 million dollars in this type of research for the fake meat departments in industry basically that's been created and guess who you know bill gates once again he owns at least nine or is invested in nine food companies that their agenda is to harvest stem cells or to use the beyond meat whatever they're calling it So
0: the, the Alex Jones was right. Alex Jones was right. Alex Jones was right. (laughs) They're harvesting.
1: They're harvesting Uh, stem cells. They've already done with chickens. They're done it with pork. Now they're really working on beef and they're, they're marketing it in a way. Say, you'll never have to kill your cow. You'll just, and they have a picture of a cow and he's a pretty cow. And they'll say, you know, you'll just his stem cell. You'll, it'll save the planet, you know, everything that they do. And, but you know, with harvesting a stem cell, you can do anything to that stem cell. You don't know what it is. Nanotechnology, biometrics—you know, there's stuff yeah. that they're going on. And of course, I've always said, and they are going to do that. They're going to digitize food in a way that we don't see yet, and that's the path, that's the roadmap. And here we go. That's another phase to it.
0: Man, uh, guys, I don't, I'm going to share my my screen with you guys because I really want to show you this. Can you guys see this? Yeah. Yeah. You see the Beyond Burger, right? Yeah. So let's scroll down on their on their, on their very slick website. They give you the macros, right? Nutrition facts, who gives a shit. Now let's look for the ingredients. So not on the immediate. More recipes. No, I'm good. Thank you. Uh, view our ingredients. So it's all that you have to scroll, right? Yeah. Now let's click it. <laughs> no. 404 page not found.
2: Shouldn't the ingredients be at the top, dude? Uh, if right? you're proud of them, if
0: not, you yeah, right. for it.
2: Exactly, but like, isn't that completely <laughs> insane? They're showing all of this "quote unquote" healthy living: the
0: grills, the veggies, everyone's smiling, and yet you can't even tell us what's in this crap. Bro, I went to it to go read off the ingredients for us, okay? Because it's because <laughs> if it was just like a like a couple ingredients, okay, maybe you can get over it. But some of them are so bad, and now you can't even—they don't even show it to you on their fucking website. Well, that leads into what something very
1: very fascinating, and I'll just I'll just follow you with that, Shishi. Guess what, guys? The food labeling laws just changed in the United States, and nobody's paying attention to it because it was under the guise of COVID. Now GMO is bioengineering. Guess what if it's bioengineered they don't even have to put it on the package. All they have to do is put it on a put a barcode and you have to scan it with your phone and it takes you to a website that is longer than the terms and conditions of a Facebook membership. And so they're they're going to be able to hide everything that's in our food in a way that nobody's paying attention to because nobody reads the labels anyways. Guess what? The grass rule was just exercised by the FDA. They won a lawsuit and now you can add an additional thousand chemicals into your food moving forward as we're building a new fake commodity meat system. Put those three together and you wonder
0: where they're going with all of this. Well, the the alcohol and tobacco industry has the same rule set around it where they get exempt from putting They, You know, you ever look on your beer for the ingredients? Like (laughs) they don't have to put the full list at all. They don't have to put anything. So it's like... Everyone... Everyone
2: should see the movie Soylent Green. Yeah. Everyone <laughs> should see that movie. movie because, yeah. because that, that's going to be kind of really, really telling. It, it's, it's totally scary stuff, man. It really is. Like the fact that they have to hide all of this. I mean, don't get me wrong. What's, what's kind of also interesting is that, um, and, and I'll tell you a difference, okay? So in Canada, right, you can get a bag of chips. And this sounds like it totally, it, it's going to sound like it, it doesn't matter, but it just goes to show how all of this, is freaking marketing. None of this is about telling us what's what, okay? So go get a plain bag of Lay's in Canada and go look at the ingredients and get a plain bag of Lay's here, okay? In Canada, they will tell you, it, it says like this, it'll say on a plain bag of chips, it'll say specially selected potatoes and salt, okay? Here, it's just potatoes and salt. They're not specially selected, they're just potatoes. Why? Like, I don't understand. Like, how did somebody imagine that they, they wasted that much money to figure out the difference between, you know, uh, of the consumers to figure out that over here, nobody gave a shit really what was in it. They could just tell them that it's potatoes and salt. But in Canada, you have to tell them that it's yeah, that is specially selected potatoes. I'll tell you why, because in 1992 when GMOs came out
1: most of the world said no to it and the United States said yes to it, we started eating GMO and most of Canada, Europe said, no, we're not going to do that. So you guys held back and you had to use different ingredients. You had to use different type of uh, messaging and everything. Here in the United States, you can eat Dog food and well Taco Bell, you know it's dog food. People love it, it, and so you know they people don't in America. They don't read the label. They don't really care. It tastes good. That's that's what you always. I know it's bad for me, but it tastes so good.
2: <laughs> you know this kind of this kind of reminds me of uh, of of Idiocracy, right? The uh, the movie Idiocracy, yeah. and for the people for the listeners who haven't seen it, it's. You know, it's pretty funny, but as you're laughing, you start to feel worried because you you start to see your you start to see the people that you know maybe are, or acquaintances kind of in those characters, and you're like, huh, we're not that far from that. And going back to something I think that Shishi said about poisoning, I think it was poisoning the crops or something like that. Yeah. But in 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 Idiocracy, that's exactly what they were doing. They they gave. They gave the wa- they gave the plants Gatorade because that's what plants crave, right? And they don't even they don't even know why. And then he made the ridiculous notion that you should just give them water. And that's exactly. I mean, it sounds funny, but that's exactly where we're headed. Our You're anti-science, Coiner right? Chris,
0: please leave the chat. You're anti-science. Please, I, please I am totally anti-science. I, I'm totally anti-science. I am totally anti-science. I understand it has electrolytes, <laughs> but it's just not Dude, what the government right? told me to put Gatorade on my farm. Does, I'm doing yeah. it. You're anti-science. You're a conspiracy theorist. All right, you know this is what they he's, do, bro. He's money is you're he's not a, respecting my I'm, rights. I'm fully triggered. I have a microaggression right now. I need to go meditate uh, for about five hours. This, Sharon, so, you're not so describing it properly.
3: Phil is most definitely a racist. Okay, as <laughs> no. all the things that
0: he said, he's a racist. I was waiting for some. I was waiting for the mob to come after you. Now that I came after you, now they're gonna. Now they're gonna kill me. You know? Yeah. No, they will. I'm
2: they completely will. intolerant. I'm. I'm so. I'm so part of the intolerant minority. <laughs> Unless you come,
0: unless you go on Ellen DeGeneres next week, you're done. You're done. You have to explain yourself.
2: She helps many people. Okay, don't don't bash her. She helps a lot of people. She-She. <laughs> Slash S. Anyways.
1: Do you know that? Uh, do you know the Texas Beef Council uh, sued Oprah Winfrey once, and she had to Ooh. go to Amarillo, Texas, and stand trial. Oh, nice. I didn't know that. Yeah, did, did, did they win? Did they win? Everybody out there, was... all at once, do a Google search on Oprah Winfrey and the Texas Beef Council. <laughs> it's <was> fascinating because <laughs> she she tried to mess with the Texas Beef Council. I believe it was Texas, or it was just the beef industry in general. But yeah, they she had to stand trial. She had to bring her uh, her billionaire butt down to Amarillo, Texas, and sit in a courtroom. And um, I can't remember. It was like the '90s or something like that and so they they've always been attacking beef and animal protein in ways we haven't really noticed and i think that a lot of people are starting to say wow this stuff really is a manipulation like you said phil it is it is a marketing plan all it is is a, is a major marketing plan. And I was telling people before COP26, you know, in Glasgow, get ready. The marketing plans are, are, are ready to be released. Whenever they leave Glasgow, they get their marching orders and the millions of dollars that they've already spent with legacy marketing companies, it's going to start hitting the airwaves. So everybody listening to this, start paying attention to the next six weeks and how they manipulate the marketing in our food supply. How they say you need to eat this instead of this because this is too expensive for you because we have infl- inflation right now. If you want to feed your family, you're going to have to eat this new product that a lot of science has gone into it.
3: <laughs> they have, they have. I heard that. Like it, to to add because to add to what you were saying, Texas Slim. Um, they, the, they figured out, the White House figured out that people don't like the Build Back Better bill, right, or the Greece, the Great Reset Bill, whatever you want to call right. it, right, um, because, like, we're experiencing inflation. So people think, you know, it's not rocket science. You, you you spend more money, there's going to be more inflation that you don't have. So. So in the White House, they're they're essentially – I'm sure you guys have heard this – where it's not going to cost anything. It's already paid for. Complete, utter propaganda, completely false, but they know it's because people are pissed off. But they're already incepting people with this idea that somehow this $1.7 trillion, it's already paid for. It's just like, who paid for it? (laughs) No one asked those questions, you know, but – it's it's exactly what you said. It's propaganda, right? They're trying to incept people with this idea that you don't have to worry about this. You know, it's all good. It's it's just it's really <laughs> stupid.
0: Don't worry, bro. Just sit in the metaverse.
1: You're fine. You're yeah, fine. pretty much. Look at the time of everything that's going on right now. You know, and we talk about the infrastructure bill, and I've do, I've dove into it a little bit. One thing that catches my eye with the infrastructure bill, and it's about food. A lot of a lot of uh, the food. In in the infrastructure bill, it's all these social impact studies, these social impact programs pay for success. You know, you hear me talk about stakeholder capitalism, uh, human capital bond markets. Well, they're going to go to the the nonprofits they're going to go to the social programs they're going to go to the educational system of our children in the United States and they're going to control the food supplies to all the public school systems now within that infrastructure bill and what they're go- what type of food they're going to be using is this this crap this sludge this new fake commodity of replacing animal protein if you can get an industry to go in there embed itself and guess who is who's got contracts within the this infrastructure bill is going to be these processors like tyson like cargill like jbs like national yeah, of course. and they're going to be feeding our children in the public school system and they're going to say hey go ahead and eat this beyond this meat burger eat this type of vegetable. you know that's so gmo that it's not really not a vegetable anymore and that you know they're they're hitting on it at all fronts and so us as family members or husbands and you know wives out there whatever brothers sisters children We have to be the one that leads this. And you brought up earlier, it's like uh, you said something, Nico, and it has to be a lifestyle change. It has to be a a different way that we, we source our food whenever we're localizing our decisions. And it is not as hard as everybody thinks it is for some people it will be a little bit more difficult but if we start really paying attention to the global picture and then on a national picture then on the state level then on a county level you're going to be able to see where you are where you're positioned what resources you have and you know that's what i'm going to try to start providing starting in texas then spreading out to all the other other places and i think people will catch on and we can really help each other
3: yep I, i i would that would be awesome Yes. Sounds awesome. That would, uh, I'd, I'd, that that would be awesome. I'd be fucking honored. That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: and, and, and I think it's something we need to really, really in the Bitcoin. I think that you know the the Miami conference. It doesn't have to be me or who. It's somebody needs to be talking about food. I, I mean, I, I I think like to be
3: honest with you, I think it needs to be look. Uh, part of the reason that Phil and I are good at what we do is because we do it every fucking day. Right. Right. So you, you can't, you don't need, I I think that the fiat world has so many of these pretend people. I think that that era in history is coming to an end. So I think we need someone, you know, for lack of a better expression, we need someone who's used to being on the battle lines day in, day out. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, um, We'd love to have you back on Simply Bitcoin, you know, to because Phil and I have been trying to do a show called Decentralized Food for I don't know how long, uh, just an episode for on that subject, because like I said, I, I see the localization a mile away. I see that coming. Right. But just my my battle is another battle. Sure, right. Yeah but I see it coming. So I think that getting sovereignty and um, laser hodl touches upon this on, on Twitter a lot. Right. And he's definitely gone down the great reset rabbit hole and all these things right. where he talks about um, sovereignty on every level, right. Opting out on every level. And I think that if you can't opt out on a food level, just just because you opt out. It's like, what do you do to survive every day? Do you yeah. do you know, do you need money to survive every day or do you need food to survive every day? You need food to survive every day. Right. So I think it's a it's a really important aspect. And I think that Bitcoin definitely gets a lot of people in the door. And, you know, it's just a matter of, you know, Continuing with the, with the, you know, I, I hate this word, but it's really a narrative, right? Sure. It's continuing with the narrative is continuing with the message and just staying consistent. And, you know, whatever Phil and I could do to help, you know, we help all, you know, Bitcoiners from whatever, I think. I think,
1: you know, we, we, we'd love to do that. Yeah. I've got a friend of mine. He, he, he kind of, he's not a mentor. He just kind of guides me a little bit. And he says, right now you got to where you are with everything, with the message. And now it's time to basically focus on the, the Texas beef initiative and the decentralization of food. I can't go any further. I'm not going to go any further with the kind of the food intelligence. I know what they're doing. It's going to be out there for people to research on their own. Um, But I I think, hold on, Texas, because I think, you know, and this is something that Phil and I
3: learned um, it and because we've been cra- it's so crazy because once you get into the content creation you get into media creation you start to learn a lot of things right Yeah. and one of the things that you learn very quickly is that people don't care unless you tell them things to care about so let, let me give you an example Tucker Carlson super famous conservative hosts right every night right and then you have you know the liberal side which is CNBC you know, you have Rachel Maddow, right? If they didn't cover a topic, you wouldn't know it existed, right? Yeah. And it this goes back, and I'm tying it in with what I said earlier in the beginning of this conversation, where I said we are becoming the mainstream media, right? And I, and I want you to stick with that because it's it's on your hands, it's on your shoes, right, to bring people the the to bring people the awareness of this, right. Mm-hmm. I cover topics on Simply Bitcoin that no one else is gonna cover, and if we didn't cover them, then well, no one would care, right? So you are in—you find yourself in a position <laughs> where you get yourself unique, very unique information, right? Because of the certain industry that you work in, right? It's your responsibility through your sources, right? Whether it's Twitter, whether it's your podcast, to distribute that information as much as possible. And one of the things that I found out about the internet is that the truth does all the heavy lifting, right? It's just about delivering the message, delivering the thing, and then providing the receipts, providing, you know, like, what are your sources for this? Like, I'm saying this statement about, you know, uh, the World Economic Forum or all these things. It's like, where's your proof? Where's your sources? And essentially what you're doing is exactly... What all these talk show hosts do at night, exactly what we do at Simply Bitcoin, you're making a case, you're bringing the evidence, right? And then you'll start to see is that like people... Well, cause the human beings in general, they'll flock to it. Yeah. Right. Cause they'll see like, oh, he's right. You know, it's like, oh, food is a major component. Oh, whatever. The reason, you know, I like, for me, for example, the reason, you know, I found what you were doing so interesting, Slim, is because of Sharon, you know, Sharon's one of my best friends since growing up. Uh, Shishi, fuck, I fucked up. Okay. But Shishi is one of my best <laughs> friends since growing up. And and uh um, always always and Shishi's like one of my best friends growing up and he's a food like you know, this guy knows everything. So this guy's whispering in my ear. So like when I see, you know, good things when it relates to food, I'm like, listen to that guy. That guy knows what he's talking about. But if it wasn't for Shishi then I don't think I would care as much. I, I don't think I would be like, oh, you know, yeah. it's a food thing. But yeah, I'm like it yelling at Nick
0: for the last like four years. Like, bro, like I understand like you, but like, look how little, like, it, I'm just going to say right now, like the amount of land that you have to work with is a, is a, a, a tremendous uh, like asset. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Obviously. But I mean, I was trying to look for a more like a uh, descriptive word. Because I think it's a like, very good word. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, it's like even more than that. You know what I mean? Because like when it supports like your life, like the problem I have with doing conferences is that I can't be like, Hey, try this tomato, try this strawberry. How does it taste different than the one you had two weeks ago from the store? You know, we yeah. Where like, I get somebody with me like over here and I'm like, try this tomato. And they're like, damn. And then, and then, uh, they're like, they're like, ask my girlfriend. Oh, how'd you make that tomato sauce? It's like, honestly, like, yeah, like 90% of it is the ingredient and 10% of it is her skill, which is very great, you know? So yeah, she tells them how to make it, but then she's like, also like, Hey, by the way, you might to get to this flavor, you might have to like do it yourself, you know? Yeah. And like, um, I think like that part of the, I think people are also fucking have been bred to be lazy, you know? Of course they are. And so there, it seems like so far fetched that they could grow something. You know what I mean? Cause they're like, dude, indoor plants. I'm having such a hard time. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you hear that all the time. like you know, oh, like I don't have a green thumb. It's like, yeah, nobody has a fucking green thumb. They've just killed a million. They've, they've done it wrong a million times and the million and first time they got it. You know, it's like, it's like with anything, like the first time you picked up Bitcoin, you weren't like, oh, dude, of course, a decentralized peer-to-peer cash system for the world that we can uh, rely on to store our wealth in time because it's a time chain, of course. Like I got that for the first time I read the white paper, of course, man. But, <laughs> like obviously not, you know, like there takes, a, you know, a bunch of, you know, time. You know, and a bunch of uh, proof of work to, uh, and it usually comes in bunches. You're like, oh, now I'm learning about this topic. Now I'm learning about this topic. Now I'm reading about the history of money in Germany. Now I'm reading about, you know, whatever, you know, but it's, it's just a, it's a rabbit hole. I think that with the conference, it would be cool if you like brought a cow with you. Right. Yeah. yeah. I'm not even fucking joking. No, though. like, I've yeah, thought about you know? that already. Um Like come on stage with a cow. Cause like people, you know, when the smartest people talk in the conference, nobody's fucking listening. Yeah. Nick Zabo is talking and people are fucking Instagramming and shit. I'm there. It's Miami. At the end of the day, it's fucking Miami. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And like, it's fucking like it's its own beast, you know? Yeah. And I love it. But you know, um, you're going to have to capture the, the audience you know, and what you do is, is you stack a bunch of beyond burger uh, type of like, like the, like all that packaging, you know, and they say, this is what they want you to eat versus this, you know, or something like that where you have like a stark contrast, you know, it could be really like uh, engaging, you know?
3: I, I, I think so. I, I think that, you know, the way that I see it, Texas, is that like, I think that this certain subject isn't, it's starting to pick up, um, momentum on Twitter. I think at the BitBlock Boom conference, especially with Gary, he's a fellow Texan. I think you're going to have a lot more like because that's a maxi conference, yeah. right? Big Bitcoin 2022 is I would say it's more of a it's a Bitcoin conference, but it's it's more like the the general industry, but you're and you'll see hardcore bitcoiners there, but not as much as BitBlock Boom. BitBlock Boom is like a toxic Maximalist Bitcoin conference. If you, if any, if you're related to a shitcoin, you're not welcome there, right? That's how Bitblock Boom. That's how Gary wants to have it. Yeah. That's where I think you'll find the most amount of interest. And because you're already in Texas in the first place, I think you'll have a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of people, you know, nibbling oh, and yeah, no. uh, interested in in what you were doing. I think bip. I think Bitcoin 2022 is more so to it's more so for the for the world it's not so much for bitcoiners Mm. it's more show it's more so to show the world what bitcoiners are up to right right and then they have the eyes of the world upon that they're looking at the bitcoin conference and they're saying oh this is what bitcoiners are all about but as a bitcoiner going there right you know apparently they're going to be more you know toxic this year they're going to be more bitcoin this year I don't know. Perhaps, right? Do I know they got a lot a cow, of
0: bring a cow. Yeah. yeah seriously, <laughs> bring 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 a cow and be like, so this cow builds soil, manages the grassland, you know, on, it, it provides me sustenance, um, and it can be local. Yeah. You know, and this fucking plastic fucking garbage sludge is like uh, basically all produced in a centralized location, monoculture fucking supporting and stuff. You know, it's fucking crazy. You it's should just, go it's to just, the, like, it's such a stark difference man I think it's have the visual you can reach like so many fucking people You, know, it's you should that. go
3: to you should go to the big uh, the crypto uh, the block
1: boom conference
0: I think Texas, I, like. I think you're yeah.
1: talking about uh, I think I got invited I can't remember to <laughs> tell you the truth sorry but uh yeah I'm definitely definitely going to that and uh you break you bring that up she she as far as a cow my producer uh that you know I've done the podcast with and everything Justin he he used a perfect term the other day he said a cow is a land tool you know if you're a true regenerative, far, you're a grass farmer. To be a good grass farmer is the way that you actually raise excellent cattle, and so I, I like the word land tool. A cow is a land tool because it is. That's yep. that's how you you regenerate the land. You use the cow to regenerate yeah. the land.
0: So, so very few people, Texas in my in my Twitter bio, they see. Um, they see like a tagline "Make grass wild again." Yeah, you know. Or I, I post that every so often. Right. And it's because of what you're saying. You know, like uh, a wild grassland is like the thing for soil for 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 your cows and for the pollinators for everything. It's just like it's like the fucking thing. You know. So yeah. it's weird to have like uh, people you know managing a monoculture of shitty grass that is very like it's not even that aesthetic you know, mm-hmm. in my opinion, at least. And uh, you're just like trained to think that way. Cause I think like beautiful flowers growing in your lawn is much cooler, yeah. you know, yellow, pink, purple, blue, you know, it's like much nicer. People pay thousands of dollars for landscaping. And, um, and it's just crazy to me that people go, they buy poison to make it m- that monoculture where they could just let it go, cut it and just keep it cut, you know, and it'll be wild and it'll be flowers and it'll be, beautiful you know what i mean but like instead there it's like you said the idiocracy thing and i think like people are so programmed that like unless you shock them you know with some visual like you just have to shock them dude yeah like you have to like like some of my neighbors they're like oh you don't keep your grass like manicured and i'm like of course not like who the fuck would do that like your grass looks like shit your grass looks like shit compared to mine like look how green this shit is you know and they're just like yeah, but you know, man, you got to keep it neat. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> what society, like, what the fuck?
1: It's, yeah, it's the society we live in, that's for sure.
0: And I'm like, all right, I'm going to call my neighbor who has a bunch of goats and ducks, and I'm going to have him bring them over for like a week and have the goats come in you know yeah (laughs) i mean clear it you you (laughs) look at
1: stuff that whenever we say grass farmer i mean you can there's stuff you know to be a good grass farmer you know you have plantain you had red clover you have chicory you have pea you have rye grass you have lucerne you have (laughs) beets you have fescue you have dandelion you have uh cockfoot you have so many different varieties that basically the cow eats well that's just pure freaking nutrition and, you know, that's where you just talked about the the monocropping your life. Basically, that's what most people do. That's how they look at everything. The manicuring of everything that we are is basically an epidemic at this point in time. It's so generic. And so it's just it's so global.
0: <laughs> it's so global. If, 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 if someone gets just a little whiff of your natural smell. Yeah you're you're a hippie that doesn't really it's like weird though it's weird (laughs) when you start to think about where that comes from it's like no, we all have to be like bland we all have to be nothing we all have to like hide our pheromones essentially until we get to know somebody right like some of those things are very like uh natural yeah it really is it's like also weird like you're putting some paste up on there you know it's like it's very unnatural i don't know it's weird you know like there must there's also something about like everything you put in your body your water your soap your you know it's like you start going down the rabbit hole and you look at your soap like that goes on you every fucking day well you know if you're nico once a week but you know (laughs) messing around around. but yeah every fucking day um and you you just you just do it and and like it's weird because like when you have your citadel how do you get rid of all that stuff like you should you're going to be doing that for yourself so you're going to have like a septic or you know or whatever you're doing and that's going into your lens. So like now you think differently. Cause you're like, Oh wait, like this is like going into, like, I have to dispose of this shit, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. And, uh, that, that whole rabbit hole that you go through with everything in your life is like, uh, I don't know how, like, it's like Bitcoin, if you could do it in Bitcoin 22, you'll reach so many fucking people, dude. Yep. Like for sure. Yeah. sure. They reach some, but you have to shock them. There's no people call me a hippie. They come to my house. Like I need some real soap. And I'm like, dude, like this is real soap. It just like castile soap, right? You know, your, your your best bet, your best bet, Texas Slim would be,
3: um, would be. I would go for bit Bitcoin, a uh, Bitblock boom. Yeah, be your best bet, um, and then slowly incept the community because that's really what you're gonna do, and then really like associate bitcoin with this idea because it's already starting like you don't even have to do the heavy lifting like it's our that idea is already it's already it's already promulgating right the free market likes it right it's already being associated with bitcoin yeah. right you um you have you Shishi, untapped growth right so it's like there is there's different things that are telling me that bitcoiners are buying into this idea oh, right are. yeah and then, and then there's this idea where it's like, you know, if you're a Bitcoiner, you eat meat, right? And it's already associated with that, right? Yeah. And then there is like beef steak, for example, or beef, yeah, beef slice or something that they that they did it they did in Miami last year. I couldn't go, but you know, I heard it was like it was an awesome event. But the point is, is that it's already associated there. Now your job is to try to essentially incept people and like associate. What you're doing which is like land sovereignty food sovereignty and associate that with bitcoin the bitcoin brand you know and that that's just like and the way you do that is just like repetition 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 just like doing it every single day and then just you know look at it from this way right human beings and this helped me so much when we were starting out which is human beings like the way they they learn about subject matter is through stories right so essentially when you know you're trying to create a narrative on why people should care what you really should be doing is you should be creating a story because if you create a story people have they mentally associate with that story right it's like i bring up the great reset your imagination is like filling in all the blanks right it's just that that simple statement great reset And your brain's already like, okay, Klaus Schwab, globalist, Davos. Like it's already filling that in. And then the, you know, everything that you've learned about it, but all the empty associations, how do you connect that, right? You tell yourself a story, right? You tell yourself stories. So essentially what I'm trying to say is like, just tell people a story that uh, on why they should care. Right. And. That's how you get people to care. And then you just repeat it day in, day out, day in, day out, and they start caring from our experience. Yeah,
1: and and basically whenever I said, you know, I'm gonna get out of food intelligence the way that I'm doing it, what I'm doing is I'm recruiting people to do a lot of the, the, some of the, the deep Uh, research that I've been doing and I'll I'll carry that into the Texas Beef Initiative and be part of the intelligence of the Texas Beef Initiative I'm definitely not going away from the narrative that I've created that's the only reason I'm getting people's attention but, you know, with like Phil, I mean, I want Phil to just abuse that little sister, little sis.org website. I want I want his curiosity to feed out into the Bitcoin space, you know, and that's kind of what I mean by that. And, you know, I think that we are on to something. I think that a lot of people are listening already. And, you know, I'm going to. I'm going to keep on bringing it because everything basically and this is being humble and said with humility. But everything that I've been saying for the last three months, it, well, it's, it's happened. And I do come with receipts. And so, you know, I think, uh, you know, collectively, this this idea will start merging as far as the decentralization of food, source your beef or your produce, whatever it is, your animal protein. And, you know, in how they're manipulating the food supplies. So I, I'm not stopping the, that. I just the amount of research that I did to get here was mass amounts of research. And so, you know, it, it's good. I do tell stories on my stub sack. Um, uh, initiative.substack.com basically i do a lifestyle report i do tell stories and you know this is what this is this is for all of us this is a lifestyle change this is a lifestyle that basically we're yearning to be but a, you know it's an international lifestyle that we can start in our own mind and at home right now and um everything that we need is already there we just have to we have to embrace it we have to adopt it we have to accept it you know acceptance is the key in anything we do in life so you know, I think we're in a good place. Like you said, there's some dark times ahead, but, you know, I, I'm happy for them. Bring them on because this is far. We're going to bring in a kind of a romance to all of this. We're going to be poetic about it. You know, we're creating a renaissance here. And and that's what everybody needs to look at. They don't need to let the distractions kind of bring them down or affect them in ways. We need to look at the renaissance that we are creating. And I think any renaissance is basically, if you look at history, food is... The most important thing it really is the renaissance of how we source the seed is going to be our renaissance and we've got a lot of tools to do that absolutely
3: i'm i'm i think you hit the nail on the head which is we've been living through some dark times the dark age the fiat dark ages right and uh we're emerging through um, the Bitcoin Renaissance—that's a dope name, but yeah, yeah. The, the Bitcoin Renaissance—and yeah. I think that sovereign food plays a huge role. Sovereignty in general, on all aspects of life, I think is going to be hugely popular um, in the coming years. Like for sure, I'm really
1: confident. Oh, it has to be. We don't. We can't do it without. You know, it 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 just is. I mean, this is where we are. I mean. We're in the city this is the crossroad and I, I welcome the crossroad and let's get busy building and creating and communicating and collectively starting something that we don't really know where it's going but we we do have faith in it we do we we do we're bringing some strength and some power to it and uh we're Dude, we're helping everybody get there
0: We're so lucky we're in the u s right now yeah. like we're really lucky you know mm-hmm. imagine being somewhere else yeah you know, like i don't know I'm, I'm happy i'm here because uh at least if we're trapped here um we can try to make it better yeah, yeah. you know and we can try to make our lives better because we have the opportunity here and the space and um it's fucking crazy that like a lot of people are willingly signing up for like their their cubicle yeah versus having like some land that you can just throw a cow on there or throw some whatever you want on there you know sure and it's like a it's really not that hard to start it. Most people will buy like, you know, most wealthy people will buy things that are like, uh, are status symbols or, you know, I don't know, things that like lose their flavor very fast, you know, like uh, like a sports car or whatever. But with like a similar amount of money that they spend on all that garbage, they could buy like some amazing land. So like, all you have to do is convince someone that he should probably pay for it. Doesn't even have to do any of the work, right? Yeah. And so like, um, I mean, in terms of, in terms of that, I think it's like, uh, it's, I I talk to people and they're like, oh, like I like what you're doing, but I could never do that type of like, uh, thought, which is fine. Just make enough money where you can support or like, don't tie convenience into it and all that stuff, you know? But, um, I wonder where, where, where people are going to go with that. Because like, even if you have no intention of like doing it yourself, like you don't, you don't buy a house, for example, with an intention of doing all your own landscaping, do you, does everybody do that? Or do they hire like a landscaper, you know, or do they hire like, you know, there's a bunch of shit that you hire around your house. So it's like, it could be very similar to that. I think that like it just requires people who want to like go and do that and like gain expertise in that. But that's the consequences of like uh, having like less than 1% of the population involved in agriculture, you know, at all, you know, you have this weird thing where everyone is just like no idea where to even start. They go, but where do I start? You know? It's like I don't know, I do Try. I don't know. Well, like I say,
1: start at the source of the seed. That's what we have to do. Yeah. Um, well, guys, i I'm, Guess what? My son is here. We uh, we went traipsing around Texas yesterday, about a thousand miles, and talked to three ranchers yesterday. And we're gonna we're gonna go do some stuff all this week. Um, I want to do this again. I think this is going to be a good ongoing discussion. Um, and I want to. Uh, let each one of you kind of s- spill out whatever you want to say to the world right now, or the small crowd that we have out there listening to this maybe, but uh, Phil, why don't you lead us off? And then I'll close us out after this.
2: Don't be afraid to be curious, right? Don't be afraid to ask questions. And you know what? It doesn't matter what everyone else is doing. If you feel something in your gut and You've done, you've done the research, go forward with it. Don't be afraid. Right. So many people, so many people lose out on the good they could have had because of fear. Excellent.
1: I love that. It's so true. It's like, follow your freaking instincts, people. God gave you instincts for a reason. So pursue it like a beast, be a warrior with your instincts and don't look back. What about you, Nico? Nico.
3: Yeah. Um, we're, we're living through some dark times right now. Um, people are not dark and difficult times. That being said, people are, you're going to remember what you did and people are going to remember what you did during these difficult trying times. So the choice that you have is, are you going to stand by what is easy, what the collective is doing? Are you going to stand by what is right? And if you're going to stand by what is right, you also have to prepare to take all the flack that comes with that. But at the end of the, you know, at the end of this difficult period, you know, people are going to remember where you stood um, when the collective psychosis, you know, because that's really what I call this, right? Just the fear and all these hidden variables. But yeah, I, I think that's, you know, the message that I have to tell everybody is you know, stand by what is right. And everyone knows what is right and what is wrong. Right. So stand by what is right, even if it's difficult short-term, but long-term you're going to be very proud of that decision. I think.
0: I love that. I love that. she. what do you got? Um, Nico hit it spot on. People are going to remember what you stood for, um, especially in these times. And uh, we're in a battle of consent. Um, that's the battle we're fighting. We didn't realize how long, you know, that word was being attacked, you know, including the word science, you know, there all these words that we put meaning towards are definitely being devalued in one way or another. Um, but yeah, we're in the era of consent and if you're against my own bodily autonomy and consent, you are my sworn enemy because you are trying to coerce me. And there's never been a point in history where the people trying to coerce the other people were the good guys. So mm-hmm. no one ever trying to coerce somebody else was ever the good guy in history. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't give a fuck what you do, but don't tread on me, you know.
1: Yeah, and that's, I mean, every one of you just nailed it on the head. The way I like to look at it, what we're learning, especially in the Bitcoin space, and you know, with the Bitcoin protocol that's coming to our mindset is that it's teaching us ownership. You know, what is true ownership? And people are learning what true ownership is. Are you going to ownership? Are you going to own basically your compliance or you're going to own that you did what they told you to do by co- coercion? Are you gonna own that they convinced you not to follow your instincts? Or are you gonna own that you stepped up, you knew what was going on and you did nothing? And so it's all of our responsibilities that. We're, we're grown-ass men. It's time to build and create. Quit paying attention to the distractions. We have the tools. We have the leverage. We have the fulcrum. And it's, it's time to just, you know, we're all going to bump our gums. I'm the best at it. But it's time to actually put the boots on the ground and get stuff done. And we know their agenda. We know the, uh, the roadmap that they've painted for us. Very easily looking at it right now that it's not, it's not hard to see so let's uh let's all work together let's do these chats again guys and uh let's stay on top of this and and phil i'm, I'm gonna give you a chore please please uh bring something from the sis.org. i want to start sharing that to everybody where it's something that people really want to start paying attention to and leveraging for for information and intelligence
2: I'm excited, man. Don't worry. I'm definitely going to start using okay, it. Okay,
1: great. Thank
0: you. <laughs> Let's see where what conversation it leads to, right? They're, ch- they're turning the frogs gay. That's where it's going to lead yeah, to. exactly. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> All right,
1: guys, you guys have a great holiday. We're going to talk to you soon. Uh, this will come out in a couple of days and blah, blah, blah. Love uh, meeting you guys. Uh, this is going to be fun and I'm honored. Appreciate you.
0: Thank you. Peace. Thank you so much.